Welcome to Bowel Cancer Australia's Bottom Line podcast. We're focusing on the effects of meat and bowel cancer today. September 21 to 27 is Bowel Cancer Australia's Meat Free Week campaign. And today we're speaking with bowel care nutritionist and bowel cancer survivor, Teresa Mitchell-Patterson. Teresa, welcome today. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. First and foremost, you're not just a nutritionist, you are also a bowel cancer survivor and something you and I have spoken about many times because we share that in common. How long ago since you were first diagnosed? I was diagnosed in March of 2009, so it's quite some time ago now and um, I'm just absolutely happy to be past that 10-year mark and by all accounts, I'm doing really well. Bravo, bravo. It's wonderful, isn't it? I know when I got to the five-year mark, it was yippee-i-yo, but I'm waiting for the 10-year mark. So um, fantastic news. But obviously that puts you in a great position also because when you give nutritional advice, you can also give advice having been through it. So it makes it so much more pertinent, I think. How has diet played a part in your life before and after your diagnosis? Well, I've always been a nutritionist. So, you know, nutrition's been part of my life for mm, very many years, let's just say. (laughs) (laughs) And I would have considered my diet to have been absolutely excellent in terms of eating plant-based diet, rich in fruit and vegetables, not so much fruit, but plenty of vegetables and, you know, not a great deal of meat. Uh, Perhaps what I may not have been focused on was the amount of fiber that I was getting in my diet. I think I was pretty much under the impression, and a lot of people are, that if you're eating plenty of vegetables and fruit, um, that you're getting a lot of fiber. But that's not really the case. You find fiber in the skin of nuts and seeds and legumes and grains, whole grains, that is, And um, the whole grain has a lot more fiber. And it has certainly been my focus now. And there's strong evidence to suggest that consuming dietary fiber and whole grains decreases the risk of colorectal cancer. So just to give you an example of that, if you were eating a bowl of leafy greens, you probably would only get about two grams of fiber. But if you added some legumes and or some, let's say, some cracked uh, buckwheat or some quinoa or something like that to the bowl of greens, then you're going to increase the fiber in that bowl to approximately 12 grams of fiber. Which is quite a difference, isn't it? It's a marked difference. Mm. It's a marked difference. So the national guidelines tell us to eat somewhere between 25 to 30 grams of fiber per day. But, you know, there's some emerging evidence to suggest that for risk reduction in bowel cancer, that we may even be possibly aiming slightly higher than that. Now, I want to put a proviso in there. And and this is really why I like people to call me because if you're going to increase fiber in your diet, you need to be doing it incrementally. If you just suddenly started eating a lot of fiber, all sorts of things can happen and they're not always that pleasant. And it might make you, you know, question and think, oh, what's happening with my body? But it's completely natural, isn't it? 
Absolutely. And you may think, oh, you know, I can't, I can't increase my fire because it's making my tummy feel uncomfortable. So gently does it and slowly does it. And I would say at that point, you mentioned you'd like people to ring you. And that's one of the wonderful services that Bowel Cancer Australia does offer is that we have nurses on call that you can speak to about your situation, as well as yourself um, giving nutritional advice. So I would urge people to give you a call and have a chat because I think that whole dietary aspect, it has a a massive impact and I think it can't be underestimated. Yep. So Bowel Cancer Australia's Meat Free campaign, Teresa, is a wonderful opportunity to change your diet and recognise you know, the impact of meat, but it also provides services. Yes, look, I'm eternally grateful for the donations that come in because it means that we can continue to support the community with nutritional advice and also our nursing service. It's an opportunity, obviously, for Australians to take a look at the impact of meat in their diet. You've spoken about fibre. We're not asking people to stop eating meat, but there is a recommended guidelines around this. Could you talk us through that? Yes. So the evidence is pretty clear in terms of consuming red meat. So let's, let's be clear that it is red meat and it's also deli meat. So it's stated as strong evidence from the World Cancer Research Fund that consuming red meat and also processed meat increases the risk of colorectal cancer. And it's the amount of iron and also the saturated fat in the meat and the way it's cooked and or preserved that increases that risk. So the best way to cook meat, if you're going to consume it, is to cook it low and slow. So that means, you know, pop it in a slow cooker or something like that and definitely don't char it on the barbecue. Yes. <laughs> or if you do want to put it on the barbecue, marinate it first in some lovely herbs and, and olive oil actually help to helps to break down the chemicals that can cause the charring and reduce the risk. So turn the heat down if you're popping it on the barbecue, flip the meat often. And um, interestingly, if you char some vegetables on the barbecue, doesn't have the same effect. What would you say to people that say, oh, but I don't want to give up meat? How much is recommended per week? Look, I, I think the move to stop eating meat is entirely up to the individual. But if you do want to eat red meat, then follow the guidelines. Um, and that is consume no more than 500 grams of cooked weight of red meat and processed meat per week. So red meat is pork, goat, kangaroo, beef, lamb, and deli meats such as ham or bacon or sausages or salami or mortadella. So looking at those meats as well. So some people might want to substitute out their meat for something else, but don't want to miss out on, say, iron or other nutrients. Have you got any recommendations for them around meat substitutes? Absolutely. Uh, have a look at my top tips on tempeh this year. <laughs> so, oh, what's tempeh? Yes, the only way to describe it is it's like a 
soybean cake. Ah. But um, it's a great alternative to meat and you can make it really tasty. You can flavor it up with stock and you can grill it. You can pop it in a burger. You can shallow fry it. Uh, you can put it in soups and stews. So I would certainly suggest doing that. Is it similar to tofu out of interest? No, no, it's a very different taste to tofu. But tofu is a great idea because you can do all sorts of things with tofu as well. Um, my favourite is the flavoured tofu. So, you know, I've got a very busy day tomorrow. I'm teaching, supervising nutritional clinic. And I thought, what can I do that's really quick and easy? Um, I threw together some lettuce leaves and some flavoured tofu threw some seeds in there for extra fiber and a bit of, you know, almonds and uh, a dressing and voila, you know, you've got a really easy lunch. Mushrooms are great, that particularly the shiitake mushroom because the shiitake mushroom has a sort of meaty flavor and that meaty flavor can be used in things like pies and dumplings if you want that sort of rich flavor and you can even buy powdered shiitake mushroom that you can put into a risotto so that gives it a really nice flavor oh delicious and and for the people who really don't like beans and legumes because beans and legumes are another way you can pop those into a soup or a stew but if you really don't like that sort of food then why not just do a frittata or a quiche and, and pop some cheese on it as well. So I do find that in meat-free week, some people prefer to eat foods along those lines. In terms of iron, you get plenty of iron from green leafy vegetables. And, you know, providing you're giving a little squeeze of lemon, which is the European way of eating greens, you have it with your olive oil and a squeeze of lemon, you'll extract that iron from the vegetable. So good way to, to get the iron. I had an ileostomy bag and obviously there's many people who have been through the bowel cancer journey that may have had an ileostomy bag or a colostomy bag. Obviously diet then, I found that a little bit difficult. I, I could feel it popping sometimes like popcorn, which was very weird. But have you got any suggestions for people who have a colostomy bag regarding diet? Yeah, it's something I'm really focused on because I do get a lot of questions about how to manage the stoma. And I'm actually doing a PhD in this area because I think it's an area that's largely overlooked, not from my own research, but also from around the world. I, I totally agree with you, Teresa. Having had an ileostomy bag, I think that really freaked me out. And for our listeners, you know, it at first may seem a little scary because I don't think, you know, specialists go into a great deal of detail and it can impact your life quite markedly. So uh, I 100% agree. <laughs> it certainly can. So, you know, I... And that's part of what I talk about. So I like to do some, some soft swaps, I call them. Um, if you're going meat-free, soft or hard tofu, fabulous. You can scramble tofu. You can put it in soups. You can put it in stews. You can make pies and things with it. Um, soft nut butters. Now, with nut butter, it has to be the smooth 
not the crunchy. I made that mistake once eating uh, some nuts and that was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> no, and it tends to come out the same way it went in. So Correct. that's really not a lot of fun. And this applies for people who've had stoma reversals as well. So I'd just like to pop that in there because there's a lot of people that struggle when they've had their stoma reversed. I can't eat things that I once did and I'm eight years down the track you know curries and anything hot and I do struggle sometimes even with legumes I'll only eat them when I'm at home because um yes I tend to pass you understand the consequences (laughs) Yes. yes so interestingly with legumes not everybody struggles with legumes, but I find that the little tiny pui lentils, the little tiny small ones, seem to be slightly better. Chickpeas generally are a no. So, you know, just a little word of warning there. Don't forget egg. Egg is great as a substitute, particularly when you've got uh, a stoma. And if you combine that with some lovely resistant starch in basmati rice and for pasta, as an example, and you add to that some lovely pestos or some dressings, you're going to get a really nice vegetarian meal out of that. So, If you do go for a lower fiber diet, if you have to have a lower fiber diet and you have got a stoma, then have a look at the Bowel Cancer Australia website because there is plenty of material there, lots of recipes um, for the low fiber vegan and also vegetarian uh, recipes. Yes, and I think that's something for our listeners to be mindful of, that the bowelcanceraustralia.org website is a wonderful resource for those who may be going through the journey of bowel cancer but also those loved ones that are trying to cook for people who may be going through that journey or are past the journey it has a lot of resources but it, particularly with recipes it, it's fabulous and it gives you a great starting point can you give us a glimpse into how you do assist bowel cancer patients who might be struggling with their diet yes um look sometimes people send me emails but I really do prefer to chat to people because with an email I'm not really sure about where the person is in their cancer journey and that is an important part for me to understand so I give guidance on uh, dietary prevention or risk reduction for stoma patients and chat to them about low fiber diets and how you can easily swap some of the high fiber for the low fiber. I will also help people to transition from a low fiber to a medium fiber or medium fiber to a higher fiber, give tips on reducing high output stomas. So people who are rushing to the toilet or, you know, having bags that burst or have an unusual odor let's say because that can be confronting it's very confronting and people sometimes don't know who to reach out to there's also i can also help with tips on preventing um, constipation and i receive uh, a vast variation of questions around managing the diet whilst patients are going through cancer related therapy and that can be another tricky time we personally have experienced 
experienced this just recently. Teresa, you reached out to my mother-in-law and she is in her early 70s and uh, I know it was a great comfort to her because she was, couldn't eat um, and was finding it frustrating and you really guided her and I think that can't be underestimated, that one-to-one -one contact with somebody who can help you through something that seems so simple but impacts your life quite massively. And totally non-judgmental. Yes. You know, so I'm absolutely here to help people. And also I get a lot of questions about, well, the low fiber diet doesn't seem to be that healthy because, you know, we're swapping brown bread for white bread, etc. So what I like to do is discuss some healthy options for the low fiber diet. Mainly the main aim is to assist people in reducing the symptoms of their discomfort and absolutely to improve the quality of life. Yes, I think that's um, another really pertinent point. Quality of life is very important and you don't want to be rushing to the toilet every five minutes and not be able to leave the house. So I think that's vitally important. Finally, Teresa, what would be your three top takeaway points that you want people to take from today's podcast? Uh, the first one is definitely reduce red meat intake to under 500 grams of the red and processed meat. And the second one is to increase plant food in the diet to help reduce your risk because surprisingly, only 5% of the Australian population actually reach the amount of fruit and vegetables that we're supposed to eat. That, that's pretty woeful. It is pretty woeful, yes. So, you know, your food should really be lots of vegetables and a little bit of uh, fruit. And my third take-home is don't suffer alone. You know, you can pick up the phone, you can send me an email, and I am definitely there to, to help you. Teresa, thank you so much for your time today. Some of those points even I didn't know and I'm going to take out. Such great advice. And regardless of whether you're a bowel cancer patient or not, please support Bowel Cancer Australia's initiative of Meat Free Week this September. Teresa, thank you so much today and we'll chat again soon. Speak to you later, Stephanie. Thanks for listening to the Bottom Line podcast. To find out more about bowel cancer or for support, or simply to donate, please go to bowelcanceraustralia.org.